0: That chair, did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome in to this special master's edition of Big Drive Energy. I am at Big Drive Spence on Twitter, of course, co hosting with me, as always, my little brother, the legend of golf and all things masters at Big Drive Mitch. And you know, we had to do it. It's a big week. It is the Super Bowl week in golf. So we had to bring on the DNVR utility knife. <laughs> I, I couldn't I'll think of the it, word. The DNVR utility knife. He can talk about bets. He can talk about golf. He can talk about basketball, football. But we're gonna talk about golf today, and that is Ryan Koningsberg, RK. RK was on the first like four podcasts with us. He let us he let us fly. He, we, our wings were clipped, and then he finally let us go. And now we we gotta have him back because we had him on for la- Masters last year. He knows his stuff. We're all gonna be watching golf this weekend. So RK, welcome and thanks for joining us.
2: What's up? It's so weird. It feels like the the Masters was like a couple months ago
1: yeah it was it was 154 days ago so was, weird like
2: I, I was I was joking with Mitch before this I was like yeah I think I'm gonna pick Jim Furick as my long shot and he started going off again I'm like we already did this like two months ago <laughs> yeah
1: we just did this I feel like Well, I
0: was telling Spencer last episode I was like dude this is almost abuse to have two masters within five months of each other because the more masters the better I think I don't think anybody would complain if there was a spring masters and a fall masters every year or just like a fifth major i don't think it's ever going to happen but the nfl just went from 16 games to 17 games um what is when did they start that 75 or something so yeah. i mean there's long traditions that have been changed so you never
2: know if, if usually golf if there's more money to be made the people who make decisions will make <laughs> will uh, like that so you i think a think fifth so. major is coming at some point because the majors are what make them money oh yeah
0: the ratings are through the roof i mean you're not going to make a whole lot of money at augusta off of the pimento sandwiches and the beers they're notoriously cheap um you buy a beer and a sandwich for five bucks like it's it's nuts i mean the the toughest thing about augusta is getting into augusta and then once you're there it's all it's all fairly cheap well I, i don't think the merchandise is but everything's pretty inexpensive once you get in there booze wise and and food-wise, and I have I would—obviously, it's a dream for everybody to go to Augusta one day, but I am just so stoked about this Masters week, and we'll have the azaleas back. We'll have all the colors back. It's not going to be the, the fall uh, kind of brownish-green hue. It's going to be bright green and pink and all the colors. It's going to be something else.
1: Yeah, definitely from a condition standpoint, this Masters will look a lot different than it did— in November, and we all talked about that when we previewed the November Masters about how certain players may benefit from it, certain players may hate it, and then this year, it's going back to kind of the traditional feel of the soft greens. They're gonna be fast, but where you have weather forecasts for this weekend of rain, and and that if it softens up, long hitters are gonna benefit because it's it's tipping out, it's playing 7,545 yards, which is a long-ass golf course even for us in Colorado, and this is at in Georgia at pretty damn close to sea level.
0: Yeah, and I mean the humidity is uh, let's see here only 23% right now, but I'm assuming they're they're Weather forecasting here. <laughs> <laughs> they're forecasting rain Friday and Saturday and 84 so I'm assuming it's just going to be sticky. It's just going to be real sticky down there.
1: Just so big, sticky wickets. <laughs> um, so for also for this Masters, uh, there will be fans. Uh, Augusta didn't announce the official number because I think they allow their members and stuff to go, so they didn't want to like make it seem like. Because they, they always would.
2: just want to be secretive about fucking everything for yeah, no reason. Yeah, exactly. So they didn't it's announce world, how many. It's their world. We're just living in it.
1: Um, but there will be fans this year, and I think that's something that played into the last Masters, as we saw a lot. You know, Dustin Johnson won it, who has most some of the most experienced on tour currently but we saw a lot of first and second year players like making runs and you don't normally see that at augusta because there's so much pressure there's so many people lining every fairway and so there'll be people you won't hear the roars you won't hear amen corner as loud as it normally is but at least there will be some people that get to go this year and and make it kind of back to normal feeling masters especially since it's in april again
0: yeah absolutely it's like you said, I mean, it's so quiet out there. All the grounds are out at Augusta to begin with that even if there's a quarter of the fans, the roars will still be heard all over the property. It's going to be electric. It's going to be so much fun.
1: The roar, we need the roar back. Yeah. Yes. We what? we need the fans. Yeah. That, that makes... Because it also like as a golfer just totally fucks with your mind when you're on like 17 exactly and you hear a roar from somewhere else, from especially on you. Sunday yep. you have no idea what is then happening. If you're so
0: scoreboard I- watching even more because you're hearing roars all over the place. you're like who just made what? you know you're checking your position even more.
1: Yeah, so I actually have a quick question for you guys kind of relating to this. if you were a professional golfer on tour like these guys are would you want to know where you stood at every moment or would you just want to play the best round you could play rk i'll start with you first
2: uh, i want to say like oh it's just you in the course and like you <laughs> but like you definitely need to know where you are oh like, yeah
1: i i don't disagree with that i think by like the 18th hole like if you know, know you need to make birdie you have to know that like you can't
2: you definitely need that but i'm saying like even like on like the eighth hole like i don't know, but. <sighs> With that said, as soon as you start thinking about that stuff, it will fuck you up, yeah, like for sure w- like I've been you know within I-, I don't know i I'll be coming in like f- on the 14th hole and I'm like, oh, if I can birdie two out of the last four, I can shoot my personal record. like if you start thinking that way, it oh, ru- yeah. for me at least it ruins me
0: yeah no I, I would agree um, you have to know where you're at, but you can't necessarily let it affect and all these guys have a game plan going in usually uh depending on pin location all these guys like mentally they're just football fields past everybody else like they they have their rounds pre planned in their head if they could ideally play them what would happen and so these guys kind of have a game plan for each hole and i think unless i i don't think it would make a guy press in the middle of a round i think they would start pressing and altering their game plan towards the end of a round but like if you're making the turn and you see the scoreboard and and you realize you're a couple back i don't think you necessarily start pressing because you know there's birdies out there there's gettable par fives but then if you get to 17 and 18 and you need one or two you have to know that so it's it's a balance there do these guys like pick out their birdies before like or do they want to birdie every hole they definitely pick their spots, they pick their birdies, and they even pick what birdie holes are by what pin and what day. Right, right. Like, they, if it's a gettable pin, I can take a really tough hole and make it a little easier hole, they can take an easy hole and make it a tough hole. I mean, 16, for instance, uh, the par 3, is very gettable with that lower left pin location. I mean, we've seen, I can't even remember how many hole-in-ones, but... Then you stick that pin back right, or front right, it's even worse. Yeah. I think that's where they had it last year on Sunday. Sunday was front right yeah, pin. And yeah, and that shit is hard. Like, <laughs> everybody is so impressed with the tucked left pin, and they're like, oh my god, how, how, like, how do they have the guts to take that on? That's a pretty easy shot for most tour players. You toss it out there in the middle of the green, and it really doesn't matter if you fade it into the middle of the green, if you draw it in the middle of the green, it it's going to come down into that area. But to have that front right hole location for drawers of the ball first of all the eye like your eye line is so fucked up Mm -hmm. because you're aiming over the, the middle of that bunker and then you're trying to draw it kind of off that edge but it just doesn't set your eye very well and i think there is definitely a lot less birdies i don't have the stats in front of me but i would assume there's a lot less birdies on the front right hole location than there was on that middle left so yeah, it just depends on the hole and the location, but... Do you play that way? Like, when you go to play I Spring I try to birdie everything. Okay. I, yeah, no. I, it, I honestly, even when I was playing professionally, I wasn't mentally stable enough to not try to birdie every hole. Yeah. And that usually didn't work out, so that's... Yeah. That's why I'm not playing professionally anymore, So I tried to birdie <laughs> every fucking hole. That's why I'm doing this hole. podcast. That's, that's why I'm sitting here podcasting, because I tried to make birdie everywhere, Tough so. scene. Tough scene. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It it takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. To you see a pin, and you're like, oh, I could hit like a three yard cut in there, and you you have this picture in your mind of what it's gonna look like, and you just get so stoked about a shot. You're like, I can't wait to make this shot, but the actual probability of you pulling it off is a totally different story. Yeah. Because everybody naturally thinks they have every shot in the bag. Right.
2: And they don't. I feel like that gets me sometimes. Is where I like you know, it's already rare enough, maybe not rare. I'm, I'm going to say it's rare. It's already rare enough for me to be like deep in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> then I'm just like, okay, now that I'm here, I have to pin this. Yeah, you know, like yeah. not like, oh, okay. The smart play here is to hit it to the middle of the green, and get a nice two put. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I hit it 320 down the middle. Exactly. Now I need to put this to three feet. You know? yeah. <laughs> like,
0: oh yeah. It, it totally, honestly hitting a, a worse drive. Sometimes not a worse drive. Like it has a mediocre drive can actually benefit you. Because it forces you to lay back. Mm-hmm. When you hit that really good drive, there's often times where it turns an opportunity or, or it turns a shot into an opportunity you didn't think you had on that hole. Yep. And so then you get overly aggressive, and, and Augusta will eat your lunch. Like these guys, like I said, their discipline levels through the roof because there's a lot of holes where you can drive it down there super far. Like even the part five, uh, 13, when. They have that front right pin. You just see guys throwing it in the middle of the green all day, two-putting for birdie and getting out of there. And, I mean, you got to be looking your chops. If you drive one down there really far, you're going to have – I mean, Bryson will probably have a short iron in there. And he's not going to aim at that flag. Um, I think he's too smart for that. But, yeah, it it definitely depends on where the pin's at and and where you place your drive, really, and what kind of opportunity you have.
1: Well, yeah, like last year I remember Rory, when he was kind of making a charge on Sunday – Number, I think it's six is a par four, and they were bombing it down, having like 80 yards in, and they hated it. And they and none of us would hit a drive 80 yards out from a par four in the center of the fairway and hate it. And then they were ripping it off the back of the green, or they were ripping it off the front of the green on a short tucked pin, and they just had no chance. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that we don't realize watching golf, and then, like, actually, if we actually went to Augusta, is how crazy the undulations are on the green from what they look like on TV. They look, like, so simple, and you look at it, you're like, ah, oh, they can easily toss one in there. They're the best players in the world. And just, like, the difference between an eye line, look, them looking at a 90-yard shot, from a 120-yard shot with a better eye line, they'd much rather have the 120-yard shot because it's so hard to get it close, especially when you're looking at a... Uh, when you're looking at a pin where you don't really feel comfortable half of its comfortability and that's why you see a lot of golf tournaments well that's like why what we make picks on and what I make picks on every week is guys that are comfortable at certain tracks and and you could be a 20 handicap and still be comfortable at more track like certain track and feel like you're gonna play well there and you do
2: yeah absolutely I mean that applies to everyone right like when your friend tells you like, oh, let's go play this course. And you, you know, you know, you shot even there last time you played. You're like, Ooh, like, yeah. yeah, you're like, I am mean, definitely play there. Exactly.
1: Yeah. We all have that no matter how good of a golfer we are. And th- this is a course where guys really just make shots and feel comfortable. Tiger Woods is obviously one of them. But even guys like Angel Cabrera has finished. He's won this tournament. He's finished as a runner. up uh, Jordan Spieth, who we can actually talk about right now, if you guys, if you guys want to get into that little Valero Texas Open. But he's super comfortable at Augusta. But, here's my thing. So, congratulations, Jordan Spieth, on winning the Valero Texas Open. First win in over 1,700 days. Uh, went into a real dark place. Everybody— for, I, for non-math people, that's like four and a half
0: years. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I, no, that's—you said 1,700?
1: Or it was maybe 1,300 days. I was going
0: to say, yeah. So, you, yeah, it, you got me all fucked up there. It was a little I over you went. I think he won in 2017.
1: All right, so roughly fourteen hundred <laughs> days. So,
0: seven, yeah, uh, okay, a lot yeah. of days. A
2: lot yeah, of days quite a since few his days. last
1: win. And I think the cool thing about this whole Spieth story from this weekend was just the perseverance that he had to stick with his swing coach, stick with his mental coach, stick with the things he was doing. And because everybody's pressuring him to, like, leave that. And everybody was like, dude, you need to get out of this. You need to leave. You need to do this. And then, and so he even, like, got kind of teared up when he was putting the boots on at the Valero Texas Open. New boot goofing. New boot goofing. Oh! Great, great tweet from the PGA Tour, by the way, this weekend. But uh, he was, like, in tears because it means so much more to him sticking with the people that do it and, and sticking with the people that got him to where he was where, honestly, in 2016-17, I was like, Jordan Spieth's going to be the best golfer in history. He's going to surpass Tiger Woods. I legitimately thought that. And now it took him three years to Well, you're me. a fucking idiot. But, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Prisoner I mean. of the
0: moment. Spencer also likes to jump off any Rockies, Nuggets, Broncos bandwagon when they lose, like, two games in a row. Bam. So Spencer's very prisoner of the moment. And it's about—I'm <laughs> well, sorry I had to take that shot at you, but it's, it, you know it's the truth. Spencer's like— uh, mike malone needs to go blah 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 we're talking <laughs> golf here but he Spence
2: just is going after the abs when they lost the game because like three shots went in, <laughs> went in off their skates See, yeah spencer is yeah, well, very did, very prisoner of the moment on it's they a, haven't lost a game in regulation since then <laughs> since february <laughs> <laughs> march 8th was the last <laughs> oh, time was it? I th- yeah. okay
0: oh in regular okay yeah anywho um yeah it's definitely about the longevity and i think spieth will definitely get back there but It is fairly old school to see a guy stick with an instructor, stick with his whole team, because nowadays it's such an instant gratification thing where if you're not winning once or twice at least a year, you're especially the way Jordan started his career, if you're not winning once or twice a year following what you kind of started with, people are going to look at you like your game got worse. And he actually mentioned that. He said this was – or last year was the first year of his career, or was it three years ago? I don't When he went on this horrible run of golf, it feels like it's been forever, but he said at every year in his golf game that he had played golf since he was alive, he felt like he had gotten better, and then he said one year, he's like, I felt like I didn't get any better. I actually got worse, and I feel like no matter if you're a tour player, if you're a, a 10 handicap, whatever, Everybody hits those plateaus and actually hits a little bit of a decline where you get to a point where you you just, you kind of hit a wall and you really complain it, but there's just one or two aspects of your game that kind of fall off a little bit and then you just can't get it right and you spend a whole season like pan, kind of like panicking. You're like, what the fuck's going on here? But Jordan Spieth, kudos to him. He he, uh, seemed to get it sorted out and it, it really did start with the Phoenix Open when he went crazy down there shot like what 63 on saturday or something like that he didn't end up winning but it was kind of the the first flash of really good golf that we've seen out of him in years and then now it culminated in a win at the texas
2: open so that was pretty cool i think it's one of the beautiful things about golf and also one of the terrible things about golf but there's no a lot of things are out of your control like you can practice as much as you want and you can hit a slump and there's, you can't practice your way out of it. Yeah. Like there's it's my, in my opinion, it's because there are so, so many moving pieces to a golf swing that literally something can be a half a percent off and you can't like figure out what it is until you just feel it. And it comes back. And on the, on the other side of things with golf, you can just get hot and just stay hot and like you don't need to do anything and it just happens and it's confidence and all that stuff and i think to me it's like the the most beautiful and challenging part of the game is you can't just control everything about it you can't just try harder and, and that's with a lot of sports but there's something about golf where it's like there's a portion of it that's just like up to the golf gods yeah yeah and you, you kind of have to like you said there's a
0: certain amount that's out of your control and the more you try to control it, the the harder it becomes. Yep. Like, it, it, it's such a game of give and take, you know? Because there's going to be rounds where you're like, Oh, well, I could have made these three putts. Well, I also could have missed these four putts. But nobody ever looks at that side of things, right. so. You just have to ride the highs and, and push, through, push through the lows. Uh, but, yeah, credit to Jordan Spieth. That was awesome. And to win in his home state. But! Since this is a Masters episode, we're going to talk about how that affects how we feel about his odds at the Masters because now he's, what, in the top te- He's top 10 odds to uh, win the Masters this and week. And he has so. the most
2: bets of yeah. anyone. Oh, yeah, everybody. 17% it, of the bets, I believe. Here's, on. A,
0: here's a quick question for you guys. Do you think Jordan Spieth is the most polarizing golfer since Tiger Woods?
1: I think Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's the second most. I okay.
0: Think... But I'm talking... I guess from, like, a rooting interest, like, a likability standpoint. Because I feel like Tiger—everybody fell in love with Tiger Woods. And now it seems like Jordan Spieth's almost that golden boy. But I feel like he doesn't bring as near as much to the table, obviously, as Tiger. But even—there's so many other guys that uh, have made similar runs that he has. And everybody just seems to have fallen in love with Jordan Spieth. Like, I don't know—so you think DeChambeau or— I, can, I guess the is a lot harder to love. There's not much to love. He's about very DeShamba's. polarizing, but not a lot of people like him. Yeah. everybody just roots for Jordan Spieth. It's, it's like he's a, a white kid from suburban Dallas. Like, I mean, like what's I, the story? To yeah, up. exactly. What's what's the advantage or like what's the disadvantage so, he started with? I'm sorry, but he didn't.
2: So obviously, in Gaul, you know, I am a Denver sports fan. Like my whole life, I've never been someone who strayed away from the hometown teams. In golf there's no hometown team so for me the hometown team is nike and so i've never liked jordan spieth because he's an under armor guy like i just can't i can't fuck with under armor guys uh, so i've always been like fighting because like i want to like him but i just i don't fuck with under armor
0: yeah it was kind of like when steph curry went to under armor too i was like i don't Lame. love that Lame. if he would have gone to jordan or w- whatever i would have been like ah, i like that but yeah i agree the whole under armor thing and Speeth's first shoes he dropped, I wasn't like a huge fan of. They were kind of ugly, so I, I don't know. That's I, I would agree with you. That's kind of how I roll.
1: I do have a pair of Under Armour Jordan Speeth's. I I think you they're, like them? I you, think they're fire. I think
0: you wore them once, like four years ago. I and I shot
1: under par the first time I wore them. So now I can't wear them every time because then if I don't shoot under par, they just won't keep that same energy.
0: Whatever. Fair. I don't think shoes have energy, but whatever you say, man.
1: Everything has energy in this in this world. That's okay. it's all about vibes. Yeah. It's just a straight vibe. Are you I, a
0: Sagittarius?
1: <laughs> I I actually I, are am. Are you a Capri son? <laughs> <laughs> I am actually Sagittarius. But so <laughs> moving I, on. That was
0: that was the most random, like I, that's one of the only signs that I know, so I just threw that out there. Well, you were right. I didn't See? know you're
1: Sagittarius. You had that vibe. You had that sag. vibe. <laughs> what a what vibe. a Sag. Big Sag vibes. <laughs> Alright, so getting getting into a little bit of who, so talking about Jordan Spieth, I personally had Jordan Spieth, I bookmarked for this tournament because he showed flashes in Arizona a couple weeks ago. Took some weeks Two months up. ago. Oh, was it that long ago? Alright, <laughs> yes. well two months ago he showed some flashes. It was March, so it wasn't that long ago.
0: I think it was the last week of February. Anywho. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: So he showed some flashes. Month He's, I think, ran, been runner-up at Masters twice and won it once. So immediately that guy goes to the top of my list, and then you kind of go, all right, who's played well at this course? And then you move up to who's playing well right now. But I personally, just like on a roulette wheel, if I'm if I'm picking a number on a roulette wheel and it just went to that number, there is no chance it hits that again. In reality, it's the same exact chance it just had the last time. Now, golf isn't exactly like that because there's so many other factors. But I believe that Jordan Spieth has taken himself out of contention for winning this Masters. What do you guys think?
2: So, I'm way higher on him than I was a week ago. Um, But I don't think he's going to win. I think the play with him is top 10 or top 5 because I just think he's going to keep it rolling, stay hot, play really well, all that good stuff. But winning twice in a row is extremely hard.
0: Yes. Well, and that's the thing is he won't lose momentum. If he top fives or top tens, everybody's going to be like, oh my God, he's on this hot streak. Uh, You know, he doesn't have to win in order to keep this momentum because golf is that hard. But Spencer and I were kind of having a debate earlier. Like, why would you be higher on somebody when they haven't won in four years? And now all of a sudden he wins and now he, he moves down your board. Like, that is the most back ass words thing i've ever heard of in my life so I, I mean but i get it it's just funny how golf works like it is that
2: hard to win back-to-back tournaments think of it this way right if you go out and shoot 69 tomorrow and then i bet you a hundred dollars that you can't do it again like you're not gonna be you're gonna feel like god damn it it's gonna be really hard for me to do it two <laughs> times in a row
0: yeah and and there's some outside circumstances that come into it but like I think there was such a weight lifted off his shoulders last week that I I really didn't think that anyone was super high on him to win the Masters up until, and I really don't think they will be this week either because he literally just won the week before. So I still kind of think he's playing with house money a little bit. Yeah. Uh, We'll definitely see how it pans out, but, and yeah, I, I wouldn't pick him to win necessarily, but I definitely think he'll play well because... Momentum in golf, like RK was talking about, is something that you cannot top. When the hole looks like it's the size of a beach ball and you can't miss a fairway, while well, Spieth still misses plenty of fairways. But when Spieth was at the peak of his game, he was making everything he looked at. And Do you then, guys think it's
2: crazy that how much pros miss fairways?
1: Oh, yeah. I think every single stat, when I look at blows it, blows mind. my mind of yeah. how low the numbers are compared to what you think they should be.
2: Like, And this is naive and wrong, but I just think, like, if I played, all I did every day was play golf, I could hit the fairway, like, nine times out of ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy, like, I and, like, they very clearly prove that's not true. It just shows you how fucking hard the game is. Like, if those guys can't just place it in the fairway, like... I feel better about the fact that I can almost never do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's where expectations come into play. Once you, if you were at like a PGA Tour nerd stat head, you'd feel so much better about your game of golf because of the amount of putts that are missed from six feet. That when every time I have anything inside of eight feet, I especially if it's for birdie, I'm like I have to make this. Like yep. this is an opportunity. Like I need to make this, and I think it's just due to the fact I don't hit it very close. Well, most and of time. same
0: same with wedges inside of hundred yards. I mean, like RK was saying earlier, you hit you hit a really good drive, but that's the difference is all these guys on tour know all these stats and they know they pick and choose their spots and they and also they,
2: know exactly where they want to hit it on the
0: green. Yeah, and a, a, exactly, but. The fact that these guys are hitting, what is it, like two out of ten shots inside of ten feet from 100 yards and in, or some something of that along those lines, you would just never think that. You'd think they were inside ten feet maybe six, seven times out of ten. Yeah. Not even close. I so, mean, when
2: I play with you, I feel like you're inside ten feet seven times out <laughs> of ten. I do too, and then I
0: – <laughs> I, I usually feel like I'm that way. Um, but statistically speaking, I'm obviously not. And even from like a greens and regulation perspective, you've got guys that are at the very top end hitting like seventy five percent of greens. So that's fourteen or like 13 and a half, 14 greens around if I'm I think I'm doing my ma- no. Yeah, it's close enough. Thirteen and a half or fourteen and a half. half fuck if I know. Anywho, but you'd you'd feel like those guys when they're on in a tournament, they could hit ninety percent of the greens. Yep. Like they're just not missing a shot. But they definitely do. So um well another topic that we wanted to get into uh, a little bit today it has to do with the masters but just our favorite masters moment of all time everybody's kind of got that memory of when they first saw not necessarily first saw the masters but first kind of fell in love with the masters you know you that it kind of just sticks out in your mind for a lot of people it's tiger the the approach shot on the par five i mean it could be tiger winning last year um but we're gonna go us three here and and compare uh, first moments. So Spencer, what was your, not first moment, but first favorite moment of the Masters that you can remember?
1: So I'm gonna go a little bit off that, not onto that topic, but not necessarily my favorite moment, but the most unbelievable moment. And before I do that, I'm gonna give a few honorable mentions. So last year was fucking phenomenal when Bryson had a freak out on 10 when he couldn't find his
2: drive. Oh my God. That,
1: like last year, I have like four moments. Like in the
2: left rough, right?
1: And he's losing his mind. He's like, where the fuck is my ball? Like, why can't I find it? And then, and then the best part was when they talked about it after and they found it like an hour later and right in the rough, like, so that was, that was like a a peak moment for me last year. Last year I got super into the master. I mean, I get into it every year, but. I, I was at home. I was watching the whole thing. I had, had COVID. Four, I, yeah, I did have COVID. I wasn't going to really say oh, that. I'm, but, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: well, you had COVID.
1: <laughs> but I had COVID during the Masters, about perfect timing. Um, I didn't work it out that way, but I had four screens going, so I watched every little thing. And Bryson freaking out was one of those things. And also, the pure old man energy from Sandy Lyle last year in the overalls. Uh, 63-year-old Sandy Lyle is going to be teeing it up again this year. And he actually was like 1 or 200 in the first day. Everybody was talking about him in the overalls. Just a phenomenal get-up for the Masters. But I'll say the first time I, like, really got into watching the Masters and the most incredible moment I remember is when Bubba Watson, I believe on the playoff hole, hit a snap hook 52-degree wedge. It was on 10. On 10.
2: Yeah, it was nuts.
1: And won the Masters that way. And I can't stand Bubba Watson.
2: But no one knew that they, they couldn't stand him back then. Yeah,
1: <laughs> at that point, he was just, like, a lefty, which I actually fuck with Bubba Watson heavy because he's never had a swing coach. Taught himself how to play when I he couldn't grew up.
0: stand him, like, 15 minutes after because he just cried, like... He just watched his dog get hit by a car. Like, I'm sorry, that's a little dark, but he cried like an absolute baby, and I'm like, bro... I mean, you won the Masters. Like, that's awesome, but he just full-on like ugly cry and i was like i so, don't i don't like this guy so <laughs> that's when i decided i didn't like the guy
2: i don't know man i understand that take but i disagree <laughs> with it just because when you work your entire life or your entire adult life or something and then it finally comes true i just don't know if you can control the emotional response that you have but yeah i get that but at the same time he's like he's such a closet
0: asshole. like if you watch his web.com tour highlights it's just him being a dick to everybody for like 20 minutes since like 10 second clips for like 20 minutes of just him being an asshole to everybody and and then like, okay, so that's more of my problem is I saw him crying and I wanted to feel bad for him or not feel bad for him, but like feel very happy for him like, oh, you've overcame so much. When in reality, I am like, dude, you're a piece of shit in my opinion, IMO, I just don't like the guy. So when he cried, I was like, you're trying—you're doing this to me. You're trying to make me like you, but I know I don't like you. So it made me dislike him even more. That Does that make
1: sense? That's a fair assessment. Fair. Yeah. So, that—but that, but that <laughs> shot, like, I just— I'm I mean, still the shot was amazing. Because, like, if you look at the stat cast of it or the, the, like, tracer of that, it's almost, like, unfathomable that you even tried that fucking shot. If, you you're like, you have, like, a 7-iron— I can trap hook a seven iron with the best of them, but a a goddamn gap wedge. And to do that and hit it as high as he did and land, it that was the moment where I was like, wow, like I thought I was pretty good at golf. I was in high school firing a couple of fucking 79s. And I was like, I'm not even, I'm not even close at this point.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, that's the coolest thing about Bubba is that he, he never sees a shot that he doesn't think he can do. And I respect that because like so many times I go out on the course and I'm like, should I just punch this out? And I'm like, I paid to be here. I might as well try to hit the shot, and it never works out for me. But that that's a really good one.
0: Actually, I have one quick story about Bubba Watson, and I actually respect it, like respect the shit out of it. I don't necessarily like the guy still. But Brendan Connolly, who we had on a while back, he caddies out at Estancia in uh, Scottsdale. And so Bubba Watson, what he does before he adds any club into the bag, before he brings it in, he plays an entire round with just that club right and so when he put that forward in the bag like years ago he went around astancia which is one of the more i've never played it but it's known as one of the more challenging courses uh down in scottsdale he shot like one over and he was putting with the four the four wood he was hitting bunker shots with the four wood you gotta every, learn the club right yeah yeah and it's just it's very old school like i just flat out hate the dude's personality I don't dislike his golf game but i just don't like the i just don't like him personally
1: and he has iron covers on his iron did he put iron covers on yeah that's it that's (laughs)
0: that's yeah that i will never like like he can do nothing
2: to make me like him at this point i just
1: he's out yeah this
2: is cliche but for me it has to be tiger hugging his son like when that happened it was just like like i teared up like i went i went bubba watson on it (laughs) and you want full Otterworks? I wasn't expecting that to happen because I'm not, like, a Tiger stan by any means. I love Tiger. I mean, I think for most people our age, he's the one that, like, made golf cool. Um, so I've always liked Tiger. But I just wasn't expecting that. But that was such, like, an emotional moment when he won, which most people didn't expect him to be able to do. Uh, and had that moment. I was like, okay, this is, this is like this is, like, the peak of sports and all that. And, like, comeback, even though it's kind of his fault that he had to have a comeback story. But still, it, it was just cool to see him make that happen. See, I, I was
0: just going to say I sound like a total prick again because... Well, that's I, what you are. <laughs> that Yeah, I don't you sound like it. it. I am one. <laughs> um, but that's the whole thing is, like, Tiger wanted everyone to, like, tear up and, like, feel for him and be, like, rooting him on. It's not like he anything that happened in the past wasn't his own doing
2: i know and, and, and i'm not knocking that's you why for i was it. not expecting to have that emotional response to yes, it but it was totally. just like so it, i thought it was really real and really raw and like i wasn't expecting to see that from him and it was just like
0: so i'm i'm the kind of fan especially in golf where the more everyone likes somebody the less i like them and maybe that's why i don't like jordan spieth i don't really like bubba watson <laughs> i don't like bryson DeChambeau. And I didn't like, Tiger. like, when Tiger, I liked him when he was kind of the villain. Like, he was mm. he was the guy that people loved him and respected his game, but he wasn't, like, the feel-good story, you know? He was the golden boy, whatever. But then he does all this stupid shit in his personal life, and then he makes a comeback, and it makes me want to, like, feel something for him. I'm like, the dude's worth 250 million dollars Money is not everything Don't get me wrong But the guy by no means has it rough He lives his life in the public eye But just same thing I'm like I should not Be like feeling this for Tiger Like I should not feel bad for him He had already won 14 majors at that point (laughs) Like if he never played another round of golf I'd be like you know what I mean he had one of the best careers ever But then he won that Masters And I was like holy shit this is touching me In a place I didn't think it would just like you, but then it pissed me off. So I was like, why am I feeling this way for this guy kind That's of fair. thing? So um, I'll switch it up just a hair. Uh, not not necessarily switch it up, but this guy has not been mentioned yet, and he is one of Augusta's legendary uh, players, legendary winners. The Phil Mickelson jump in 2004 when he won his first ever major, and this was kind of like when he was at the point where he was the best player in the world to not have a major. I mean, he's, he'll go down as a top, probably top 10 player of all time. But he won that first Masters in 04 with the famous, and that's his logo. I mean, he's, he's very into yep. himself. Uh, and so his own logo is him jumping in the air at that 04 Masters. But then he went on to win two more Masters. He won an Open Championship, and he won a, PG, or a PGA Championship. So that, that elusive U.S. Open, is I don't think it's, he's ever going to get one. I think he's kind of past his prime, but uh, that's just such an iconic moment. And Phil Mickelson just embodies the fun in golf for me. I think he's also a closet dick. Like, I, I don't think he's necessarily like the guy that everybody thinks he is. But at the same time, it's just even even when he's fake, I just still feel good about it. When he gives somebody that thumbs up, I'm like, I like that. So like, I,
2: I- I- I've done a full 180 on Phil. I have disliked him forever. And in like the last year or so, he's kind of won me over like the thing with Brady and, and Manning and Woods like he was so funny in that. I was like, all right, this guy, like he's kind of a douche. Players on tur- tour call him Fig Jam. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a- OK. I just, okay. Well, well,
2: tell the people what it means. Yeah. if They don't know. Fig Jam stands for fuck. I'm good. Just ask me. <laughs> and so like he definitely has some douchey tendencies. But over the last year, I'm just like, he's leaning into it, and I love that. Like, the stupid video he did, like, going into the Masters last year, then the one he did before that, like, he's he's embracing the fact that people see him that way and leaning into it, and I respect that about him. Yeah, he's like a modern-day shooter shooter McGavin. Totally,
0: 100%. Like, I could see him, like, telling people to fuck off if they wanted an autograph from him. That's just the kind of dude he is. (laughs) But we all kind of know he is that, so that's why I don't mind him. But, yeah, that... That was one of the first memories I really can recall of the Masters. I was like, holy shit, that's super cool. Just the the elation. I, is that a word? Elation? Yeah, sure. Sweet. Yeah, just the <laughs> how elated he was to win that first major, and then he went on to win four more and just have a, a legendary career. Uh, really cool to see it start at Augustine. That's one of my all-time favorites.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with Phil that— like our case spoke on and just i think a lot of tour players in general the only like when there's hot mics now like there has been the last year there's tour players are so funny and are, do they say some things that are get canceled yes that's obvious that's happened but i feel like when they're in that raw emotion like if they if they got more tour players to do the whole match thing where they get to talk shit to each other and have a good time and like it's serious but it's not like tour serious. There'd be the, the the PGA Tour could grow their brand so much by like letting players get out there and be who they are on the course because even just playing with like mid level not tour players but like we play with mini tour guys all the time and stuff like that they say the funniest shit and there's just the weirdest golf lingo and things that they say and it makes you like them so much more and it's just hilarious. And yeah, Phil, it just
0: makes them more relatable. Like I I think in, in Phil especially. With his just go get it aggressive style of game, I think a lot of people relate to that. They're like, fuck that. I'm not laying up. I'm not taking a drop from this hospitality tent. Uh, You know, he just gets after it and he doesn't care. I mean, not everybody has the benefit he does of having his bank account. So he, but the fact that he enters every PGA Tour event and he's like, if I win, if I, my goal is to win. And if I don't win, I don't care what I finish. Like he just goes for it every time. There's never a shot that he's not going to try to pull off. And you just have to love that. It's it's must-watch TV every time he's on the golf course. So that I, I do really like Phil now.
1: All right, so now we're going to give you guys our DraftKings picks for this Masters. But before we do that, we got to tell you guys about DraftKings and what they're doing for you this week and this week only. So we all know the Masters is like the Super Bowl of golf. And so they're giving you 100 to 1 odds on a player to make the, make the top 10 in the Masters. So if you log on to DraftKings.com or DraftKings Sportsbook in Colorado and you use our code DNVR, they're going to give you a 100 to 1 odds on any player to make the top 10. We're going to follow this up with giving you some players to make the top 10. So if you do that, let one of us know that you did that and you're, we'll basically Venmo you $100 if it doesn't win. <laughs> I'm. I'm just kidding. I'm not He's doing that. Say, no. my, my, these picks are a little sketchy. Golf is always sketchy. We talk about it every week. Um, but we did almost have a winner last week with Charlie Hoffman, and we had a couple of top 20s. So head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook and turn one dollar into a hundred dollars if any golfer that you pick, probably Dustin Johnson, that's a safe one, finishes in the top 10. So download the top rated, top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. And you're turning $1 into 100 and then the account just goes to the moon from there. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, boys, let's get down to it.
0: All right. All right. So we each – well, Spencer took multiple picks. I took one guy to keep an eye out on that is not necessarily uh, high on the odds list. He's not one of the favorites by any means, but he's finished really well here um, in terms of his career play. Uh, geez, career play at Augusta. Um, so I'm rolling with Justin Rose to top ten at a plus six fifty. He has five career top tens and four top 5s and two or second place finishes. He's always been that guy that feels like he's right there on Sunday at Augusta and hasn't gotten it done, but he's always hanging around the top 10. His swing is still as good as as it's ever has been. I don't know if his short game is quite where it needs to be or not, but um, he's not really at the peak of his game right now and that's why you're getting him at good odds, but I do like Justin to, or I'm sorry, Justin Rose plus 650 to top 10 this week. Um, should I roll with my winner or should we go? Yeah, just roll with all of them. Roll, okay. And then, so my winner is going to be John Rahm at plus 1250, and I know his odds are not great, but the guy has seven top tens and 11 starts this year. He's playing great golf. And the key factor here is that he just had a, his wife just had a kid. (laughs) He didn't have a kid. They had a kid. His wife had the kid this week like thanks what? for the biology My, lesson yeah you're welcome um just making it clear what happened there uh big dad energy big yeah he's got big dad energy uh there's really nothing to put a game in perspective like creating another life and bringing another life into the world same with sergio garcia back in the day i he named his daughter azalea after he won the masters so uh, John Rom didn't name his kid like Dagwood or anything like that, which is unfortunate because <laughs> I would have loved his odds at that point. Dag for short, not oh, bad. That's a pretty cool name. I, I actually might. Dag Rom, pre- da- <laughs> that is, that I actually love that name. Jacob
1: Dagrom.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but John Rom plus twelve fifty, he played really well. I think he finished T six last year, T five, um, just five months ago there. And he's been playing really well this whole season, so. And he hasn't won this year, so there you go. Uh, so you, Pick somebody so who
1: hasn't won this year. You're contradicting
0: all the things you just said. I, I'm just, I, I'm rolling with your logic. If somebody hasn't
1: won, they're they're due for one, right? All right. So, I'm picking John Rom to win a plus 1250. Respect it. All right, so I'm going to start this out because I'm picking, I've got four picks. I've got a top 20, a top 10, a top 5, and a winner. But just so this is on record before this tournament starts, I am sprinkling, as the DNVR bets guys say, Yes, I am sprinkling on all these players to win. So if they win, next week I'm coming on this podcast and I am declaring that I called a winner.
2: So let me just ask you this. How many are you sprinkling? Five?
1: I'm sprinkling four. Four.
2: Are you a, are you looking for the buyout? Or are you riding it? Because, like, let's say you have... You you sprinkle four guys, three of them are in contention going into Sunday. Are you gonna just ride them out, hope that you get the one right, or you take a buyout to recoup some winnings?
1: I think I go full buyout mode. Oh, I yeah. I bought out on a Nikola Jokic MVP bet that I'll be sick to for the rest of my life. But see, that's the thing. Once a once a buyer out, or always buyer. You can't like yeah. It's one of those. If you hit on sixteen, you have to always hit on sixteen or never hit on sixteen.
0: It's a commitment thing for sure.
1: So I will take a buyout. I'm gonna be, I'm going to be live betting the hell out of this tournament all week, and live betting fairways, live betting greens and regulation, all that stuff on the DraftKings sportsbook app. So, all right. So for my top twenty play, this is kind of just a gut play. I didn't do, I did. I mean, I did my research here, but this is a guy that's not really gonna jump off the page at you on any certain statistical category, especially in the game of golf where there's so many stats. But this guy always seems to, like, fire a low-ass Saturday and put himself in contention, contention. And just for a top 20, he's plus 188, and that's Tommy Fleetwood. Mm. And he just has a sweet golf swing. He hits the ball super solid. Those are great odds for a top 20, I would say. Yeah, in because in top betting top 20s are fun because I'm still getting plus odds here. But he could be 30th going into the last day he can and, make the cut and, on the number and, and back be out of the it top and backdoor top 20 so i'm taking tommy fleetwood plus 188 to top 20 it and then moving into the top 10 this is kind of a, a sucker pick because i really loved watching this guy last year at the masters he got second he played his ass off in his first ever trip to augusta now he's going to be back there for a second time in five months he is plus 400 to be in the top 10 he's 19th in the world right now like I said, he got second last year. He's 6th in strokes gained off the tee, 27th in strokes gained putting, and he's 8th in driving accuracy, which is obviously a big deal at a lot of golf tournaments, but especially a big deal at Augusta, and that's Sun J M. So Sun J M to top 10 it, he's plus 400. So that's risky unit to collect five units and win four units. My top five, this is more of a sleeper pick. I think this guy has a chance to win it. He's played some really good golf as of very recently, so that pulled me kind of towards his way. He's got a great short game and a great iron game, which at Augusta, if you're going to put anything over another stat, the short you know, strokes gained uh, around around the the green green and and approach, approach. those are the two because it's tough to putt there, and especially if the greens are fast and hard, it's going to be tough to putt, and there's a lot of pressure. So I'm going to go with top five Gary Woodland Mm. plus 1,600. Uh, I think that's great value there, and – a top 5 is they're fun to bet too because you're getting really good odds but they don't have to win the tournament like there's going to be two guys this week that top 5 it that are have crazy long odds it just happens in every golf tournament every week and then i went back and forth on this guy for a while but i think he's locked in enough to where he's going to take this one home he's your recent players champion he has got a new sponsorship he's he's moved past the whole issue earlier this year He's plus 1250, so he's one of the favorites, but Justin Thomas to win the Masters at plus 1250. He's fifth in, stro- uh, he's fifth in strokes gained tee to green and first overall in strokes gained on the entire PGA Tour. He's second in the official world golf ranking right now. He's just as good as anybody out there. He can compete with Dustin Johnson. I don't think Dustin's going to go back to back. He's made all five cuts in Masters, and he's got four top 25s. And he's, he's been first, second, and third in three different tournaments this year in 2021. So take Justin Thomas to win the Masters at plus
2: 1250. I love JT. Like, I'll be stoked if JT wins this. Uh,
1: yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's just one. He's a guy that he's like a, he's like a diet Jordan Spieth in the fact of like people love him. And when he's in a good, and when he's playing well in a tournament, he's an electric factor.
0: Well, yeah, real quick, the irony of it is, is Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth well advertise our best buddies. And everybody, when Jordan Spieth came out uh, of college crazy hot, Everyone's like, he's the golden boy. Justin Thomas was in the background kind of plodding his way along, you know, climbing up leaderboards and things like that. And low key, like Justin Thomas is. will probably end up, I, I would bet a fair amount that Justin Thomas will end up having a better career than Jordan Spieth. So it, it's one of those where it's not how you start, it's how
2: you finish kind of thing. Yep. I feel like he is in control of his swing As much if not more than anyone on tour Yeah just He feels just so dialed in With like w- the way that he plays
1: Well and he's not like bad at anything that's what's, that's what's crazy about Justin Thomas Like no compared to the regular 20 handicap PGA Tours aren't bad Players aren't bad at anything But like on tour and like compared to all other tour players like you see some players that are great drivers of the ball can't putt like justin thomas puts it all he's like a total package type of dude so i feel like this is his year to break out and finally win at, at augusta
2: sweet well speaking of jordan spieth you guys mentioned something that you really like about him is he's stuck with what worked for him he as i say he danced with the ones that brought him <laughs> love to dance with the ones that brought you and the one that brought me it's Colin Morikawa. I knew this was I coming. I gotta go to my guy. He's plus, what is it? Plus, oh God, I lost it. Uh, 3250, I think it was. 3150, plus 3150 to win, which is pretty those damn good. Odds odds. For yeah, I like that. Really, really good golfer. Um, that is my winner. I think that he's a guy who I'll bet on to win any major. Um, Because I think that he's just that type of golfer. He's got a slow heartbeat when it comes down to it. Um, I love him, and uh, at thirty one fifty, I I think it's a really great. I think it's really great odds. Well, when you
1: when you make a pick and we're still shooting for this level that you got to, but when you make a pick to win a tournament and he goes out and wins the tournament, you you just you can't not bet the dude. Yeah, you can't not do it
2: you're just it's love from if from he's playing on. you're betting on him yeah exactly yeah that's how i feel um and then funny enough i also really liked gary woodland uh when, when we were talking about our picks before the show i wasn't listening to what spencer and mitch were saying because i was getting my picks ready and i was like I, th- I think i like gary woodland and both of them gave me this like blank stare, and they're like All right, wait are you joking spencer literally just said that two seconds ago so I'm glad we're uh we're synced up on that. As for my long shot which plus 10,000 odds, like I got That is what are you doing? Well, I'm just saying like when you pick <laughs> if you get like have a parlay that's plus 10,000. That's like an insane parlay. Like yeah. that's like a 10-legger or something like that. Um and I don't I think golf is the best place to hit a plus 10,000. I and especially agree. if you have those odds and this person is in contention, the buyout is going to be insane. I like Max Homa. He's a guy who's won this year. Very good golfer, as uh, Mitch called him, the man of the people. Um, he's the best, fun, the best Twitter, Twitter account. Yeah, best of. Twitter account. Fun to root for. Uh, kind of a shit talker. Love that about him. And uh, at plus 10,000, again, I think that's that's really good odds for a guy who wins golf tournaments. That's
1: 100%. much better than what was his pick last year. That Jim, Jim sure?
2: Furyk.
0: That's where I thought he was going again. That shit was gonna piss me off. <laughs> I don't did he even qualify this
2: year? He qualifies every year because he won.
0: Oh, did he win a Masters?
2: Yeah. Oh my god. That's why I picked him. Let's see if I can find him on here. Uh, his odds. I don't
0: even know if they put him out.
2: He might not be playing. <laughs> I don't see him on
0: here. Are you positive he won a Masters? Yes. I guess that would be the
2: only reason he got in last year. He sh- he shot, like, one of the best rounds in the history of the tournament on Saturday and won it. Or maybe on Sunday.
0: Why why do I not remember this? Sorry to...
2: Because I think it was in, like, the mid-90s.
0: Oh, he won in... Oh, no. He's never won a Masters.
2: Okay. Well, that's what I get. Uh, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say,
0: I could have sworn I've never seen him win a Masters. He's won one major. He won the U.S. Open in 2003. And the dude can't hit it out of his own shadow, so uh, you do You can't like him at Augusta. You just. Yeah, he, he
2: had. Oh wait, never mind. That was this article from 2016. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah, he's not playing. Yeah, it's wrist surgery. But no, I swear. Okay, well, let me let me just see something. I'm pretty sure he has the record for low round in a Masters. Really? I I could be wrong about that too, though. I'm, I'm on I, a cold a streak fe- right now.
0: I have a feeling you are. I could be wrong also, but maybe Dude, with that some, golf he, swing, how could you not I play mean he log. does have one of the only fifty nines in in
2: PG Tour history.
0: No, I'm sorry, he shot fifty eight at T P C River Highlands back in the day.
2: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, is that what
0: you're thinking of? I think he's got the cr- the lowest round ever on tour, tied for the lowest round ever on tour with a fifty eight. Uh, I love Jim Furyk's game at the Champions Tour level now, but you get him out there <laughs> at the big boys at Augusta. <laughs> I'm not picking him. Either. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just had to.
2: I, that's he's got why two fourth places okay. at the Masters. Yeah. That's, so he's been there. He's yeah, been, he's, he's, been he's been there, done five.
1: that. He's a legend. All right, guys. So that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Appreciate you guys all listening to our preview of the Masters. We're gonna have some stuff this weekend. We're gonna go live and be talking about the Masters on the back nine of Sunday. So make sure to tune in for that. As always, follow me on Twitter at Big Drive Spence. Follow my bro here at Big Drive Mitch and my other my brother from another mother RK at Ryan Koningsberg. And definitely follow our DNVR underscore golf account on Twitter. We just posted today, so we have a Masters fantasy game. And we are giving away a free DNBR shirt, a dozen golf balls, and a golf hat to the winner. So it's free to play. Go to our Twitter account. Go to our pinned tweet. Put your lineup in and see if you can beat all of our picks this week. Uh, enjoy the Masters as always. I know we will. It is truly one of the greatest, not just golf tournaments, but events in all of sports. So, And I, and this may be a hot take to leave us off or leave, end the podcast. But I'm actually glad Tiger's not playing this year because he hogs so much TV coverage every year at this tournament that I think a lot of other guys are going to get some run and whoever ends up winning that is I mean obviously not under the circumstances
0: that he's not playing but yes well I, yeah I no
1: I'm I'm just happy for in the golf tournament we don't yes. have to watch Tiger Woods make a 10 on a par 3 I mean, which he did not six months ago
0: in a car accident but yeah I mean in no. fact he's not playing all right well, get well
1: soon Tiger we are shout out Tiger <laughs> peace
0: I just think that was funny.